we are back here with Syncovy Blues, and we are the Davids, David Westgreen. So, we're in a bad mood. Um, I don't think we really have to explain why. Um, just... Nope. This is going to be a very morose it's episode. Rough. We're going to talk about... We're going to talk about the inevitability of death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to talk about the inevitability of death. We're going to we're going to talk about uh giant uh, we're going to talk about nightmares about giant spiders. Uh, the, the how the San Francisco Giants didn't make the didn't make the playoffs in, in all the years between their World Series runs. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to all that. It's not great. We're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about what are we, what are we, what are we we're going to Mike talk, Trout Mike Mike Trout tore his thumb ligament. Now oh, he's yeah, out. Yeah, there's that. There's that. There's Bryce Harper trying to fight the Giants. Yeah. Uh, proving. There's, there's other fun stuff. There's there's I fun have... stuff we can talk about that doesn't involve uh, this Cubs team right now. They're embarrassing, and it is frustrating, for sure. Yeah, this is we're singing some. Uh... We're we're singing the blues. Uh, the name the name has come come about. We haven't had to sing them much yet. Here we today, are. today on the radio broadcast, Pat said them great. He's, uh, you get paid to do the bad games too. Yep. Yeah, that is that is true. That is that is baseball. Baseball is cruel. Ian Happ almost had two home runs. Just yeah. But baseball let's, is happening all over the Cubs. Let's look at some positives. I am alive and well after a 14-hour trip over two days to make a tour. So yep. I'm alive, and I'm doing this podcast, so all is well as far as I'm concerned. I stopped in Nashville. I stopped in your backyard. Uh, yeah, I'd, if my uh, if I wasn't busy this weekend, we would have hung out for sure and maybe even done something. We'll probably do something live at some point. Um, yeah, when I, come where, back, where... when I come back up at the end of the like I can cut co- like I'll probably be coming through next. I'm looking at doing like like four or five days where I hit up Atlanta and some of the cool stuff there. Uh, swing over to Knoxville. Knoxville's uh, interesting. I've never, I haven't been up there yet. Want to say that? So I want to say that. I, I kind of. I want to say that's the relative area of the Smokies. Anyways, it's Appalachian Mountains. You do want to go. You want to go see those. They're they're cool. I would say we should do like a periscope or thing when when we're live, more together. I think that might be a really cool way to to interact with people. Yeah, periscope definitely. You can broadcast think, that straight to Twitter right now. Yeah, I think most of our fans probably reside on Twitter. So periscope uh-huh. is probably the that is probably the way to go, uh-huh. man. Yeah. So like, we'll probably we'll set up something. It'll be a meeting of the Davids. And Believe hopefully, it or not, right. Yeah, believe it or not, we have never met each other in person. So, we have known each other through Cubs Twitter since... Ah, uh, it might be earlier than that. Might even be earlier than that. We, we agree on most yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, and we have minor disagreements. No, it's a good, it's a good little, it's a good little relationship. It's cool. I, it's interesting. I've met people through Twitter before. I've met, and it's really not awkward at all especially it won't be with you because we we talk on the podcast it, it's not something that's awkward and this is way off topic of the cubs but you know, if you get a chance to meet somebody from twitter do it you know it's 
it's a cool thing to meet people in real life whom you've interacted with all day during games and you know during other events you, you kind of live your life with these yeah i mean you, you know, never meet them uh, if you get a chance to i mean obviously go meet with, somebody with all internet interactions if you meet someone in real life i mean like proper precautions and but most of the people who we've through cubs twitter they're mm-hmm. uh they're cool few of them now listen to this podcast so thanks we yeah uh, thanks for real we do this because of you so woohoo yeah. We'll also have to have like a, a club. We'll have to have some sort of of night at night at the ballpark. Everybody goes to Wrigley, and we try to uh, meet up and watch the Cubs and drink some beers and have a good time, for sure. Yeah, man. So we tried to record. We tried to record last week. I think it was Thursday that we tried to record. Um, it was either Thursday or Friday, right around the start of the Dodgers series, coming off of I think it was an eight and three stretch where we got up games above 500 it was it was nice you know the cubs were doing well we started off real strong we were talking about how oh, the, the turn has happened uh, we were, we're in first place let's see you know here it comes this is the stretch where now the cubs make a big run we've got the padres coming up and we lose six <sighs> yep immediately immediately as soon as we, we we had recording trouble we didn't get to record that episode and we would have been wrong on every front <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. It's, it it's, ma- it's maybe so good that it's maybe good that people didn't hear us. We were so flat out wrong about yeah. that. Now, oh man, we were excited. Now I still believe we I, I this, still this trip and it was oh. hope springs eternal for me, man. On the way down, mm-hmm. I did I did this two day trip with my dad, who was generous to help me out with the driving, and this fourteen hours of driving is over. Uh I told him that winning a World Series be edge off, and I still think that's true. Mm-hmm. And I think this team is really good. I still, I still believe this team is really good, but like, good teams lose lots of games sometimes. Bad teams win more than they should. The Rangers won their division last season. That was a ba- That was not a particularly yeah. good team. That was probably like a lower half of the league. That won their vision. So, baseball is insane. We do still have like four months of the regular season. We're not even a third of the way. Season. We're nearly a third of the way in. Two more. We play two more games and we'll be. We'll, so, we played 52. Play two more. It'll be a third of the way into the season. And it's not great right now. You know, you don't. You. No matter how well you play the rest of the way, those losses are theirs. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a philosophy from a, a while back, and it's every team wins 60 and every team loses 60. And what you do in the other 40 determines your season. Bad teams lose all 40 games. Good teams, like last year's Cubs, don't even lose 60 games. So what you do with those other 60 games and this year's Cubs, they haven't we haven't even gotten to 60 and 60 yet. It doesn't matter until you start edging into that extra 40 games of – you know, wins and losses. If you can go 20 and 20, that's a 500 team. If you can just eke out 10 extra wins, you're a division winner. Yeah. So, so and I mean, early on. And what we should point out is that the rest of the division hasn't had an easy go either. Point. We came into this game, what, a game and a half down in the division, despite everything. We were one game under, under 500, game and a half behind. So, like, and first of all, like, I don't really believe the NL Central is that bad. 
The Cubs are a good team. The Cardinals are a pretty decent team. The Brewers are not a bad team, necessarily. Yeah. The Reds aren't very good. But, honestly, like, it shouldn't yeah. be this... Another Pirates. I mean, it really shouldn't be this bad. And, like, I'm not sure that the NL West should be this good. But, like... That shouldn't. But, like, maybe give it another month and, like, it's entirely. Like, we rarely... Mm-hmm. We rarely... Like, you get to, like, mid-July or so, and you're very rarely ever in the same place that you were as a baseball fan or in, say, yep. May. Because there's a lot mm-hmm. of games that get played in between and a lot of things start to happen. Injuries happen, certain types of, like, guys regress to the mean. Some guys progress to the mean. And, like, some of that's going to happen with the Cubs because, like, Rizzo's having a good season, but, like, down by oh. his standards. Um, and Schwarber, like, I mean, if you hit in between 40 and 50 of your balls hard eventually your batting line is going to turn around like the uh like yesterday joe's told or was it it may have been two days ago it was either yesterday or two days ago or it was sometime earlier joe had told porters uh that he was not worried about Kyle. said he was not worried about him at all and that he was going to stay the course and it's like a more extreme version of what happened to fowler like in 20 20- Joe had to preach patience to everyone because there was no fundamental shift in approach shift as a hitter, just that everything should have been landing for a hit was not. Yeah. I I can I can back this up with a with a stat though. I checked the, the batting average on balls in play leaderboard, Babip, um today. The worst Babip in the league is fairly easy to guess, and we played against him today. Uh it is the guy who homered today, Ryan Schimpf. Yeah, is sporting well, the worst BABIP in the league. Todd Frazier sports the second worst. And third and fourth worst are the two guys you literally just mentioned, Kyle Schwarber and Anthony Rizzo. And they are getting not, no help. None. That, that is not, I mean, that's not going to hold. Schimpf is the kind of guy who, like, his BABIP probably isn't going to stay that low. But you could see it happening to him. Because all he was last season was a guy who hit for occasional power. The, his batting That's line all he was, does. He his batting <laughs> line was so empty last year that you just knew there was a real chance that that was going to happen to him. Yeah. And Todd Fra- Todd Frazier, I mean, not quite as much, but he's the last few years of his career he's turned into a primarily power guy. No, David, you won't be able to guess his his WRC plus Shimps. Shimps WRC plus right now. Do it. One hundred. Exactly. <laughs> he is exactly I don't, a no, uh, league average. I honestly did not have it pulled. I don't have it pulled I, up. I just that is fantastic though because <laughs> he is hitting batting average. He is hitting one sixty eight. Ryan Shimp is. His batting average on balls in play is worse than that. He's hitting one forty eight. He's got like five hits that aren't homers. But the guy is providing power by swinging for the fences and walking a ton. You know what? It only happens 30% of the time. He only gets on base 30% of the time. But shoot, if he every time he hits the ball, it has a 20% chance of going out. Yeah, but like that's not what you strike out. The thing is, like, it's not going to hold all season. On the other hand, his Babbitt will probably come it. up a little bit. He's done it all his career. Like, all he does is swing with an uppercut home run. I'm going to pull this thing out of the park swing. 
it is really, really weird, and he's finding a way to make it work. Uh, so back to Schwarber and Rizzo are terrible uh, at hitting the ball in play and getting it to fall. Because like, so, first of all, there's nothing fundamentally different about either of them. I mean, Rizzo not, Rizzo does have what is a considered by baseball a good batting line, mm-hmm. just not by Anthony Rizzo standards. You know, mm-hmm. Anthony Rizzo standards are. I'm going to batter both righties and lefties and do it to the to like a 900 OPS, be possibly the best person in baseball, and do all of that stuff. Well, I look at Rizzo's, you know, bat, balls in play stats. He's, he's down in line drives, up in fly balls, which is fine. Um, but as long as you're hitting your fly balls hard, but he's, he's not. He's down in hard hit percentage. He's up in soft contact percentage. I Rizzo's kind of just – he's had a bad – a bad start he slumped and it's funny because a rizzo slump still looks really freaking good and but it's it's not a it's not rizzo but he's gonna do the vado thing like right. i suspect he's gonna do the vado thing and like somewhere in here whether it's this month or next month he's going to turn to the best hitter in baseball now that mike trout is hurt like mike trout has opened up the floodgates everyone can walk through mike trout's door the AL MVP could go to anybody. Who wants it? <laughs> Who wants anybody? Now, probably somebody on the Yankees or Astros. So let's let's have a let's have a fun a fun little time here. Uh, I'll give you Mike Trout and I'll give you Freddie Freeman because they're both hurt. They're not going to be on the wins above replacement leaderboard. Who else is in the top ten right now as we play? I bet you can get a few of them. There are two on here that I just ha- would not believe. Okay, so the top ten in, like, the top ten best hitters. In, top ten hitters. Are we talking WRC Plus? It wins above our placement. Just oh, you, oh, you just said war. Sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah. Split my yep. brain. Yeah, war. Okay, uh, the top ten? Yep. Is Castro still in there? No, he is not. Okay, he fell out. Uh, he's, well, yeah, he's his. He came down to earth. With. Okay, so Trout's got to be there because he. I give you. I give you Trout, Trout number Trout, one and Harper number two. It's got to be Trout Harper. Harper's number five. Fuck. Sorry. Now so anybody who's got kids and you're laying with them around. <laughs> sorry. God damn. Okay. It's weird. There's three in it, between Trout and weird. Harper. Okay, and these. Okay. Two, and we're we're only counting hitters here. Only hitters. I'm not only, worried about only hitters right now. Uh, jeez. Um. I gave you another one. I'll give you Freddie Freeman. Freeman is Freeman is Okay, second. well, I mean, I was going to guess him at some point. Right. Because he both, was having a great season up until he got hurt. Trout and Freddie Freeman were 1-2 and are both now out for a very extended period of time. This is, uh, is this F4? Yeah. Okay, this can get bizarre because F4, they, they made some changes to ZR this year. And it's screwing yeah. with everyone. <laughs> so, um... It's mostly offensive, though. I, I would say there's nobody in here that doesn't deserve to be in. Okay, but there's good. some weird, okay, weird yeah. names. Um, so we got Freeman, we got Harper, we got Trout. Easy. Do we... Okay. Do we have... Corey. Nope. Corey no Corey, season. no Kyle. Neither. Oh, oh man. Neither. Okay. Yep. Corey's oh, having boy. a decent year. He's not, he's not blowing the cover off the ball. Do we have... George Springer or Carlos Correa or Jose Altuve. Correa is number ten. Correa, Carlos Correa. He is doing quite well. He's got a 150 WRC plus right now. Do we have Aaron Judge? Aaron Judge is number four. Uh, he is tied with Freeman for second, with one other player that you 
are going to have a tough time getting because <laughs> he's really weird. Tied for second in the majors in value. I, It's fun. I don't understand. So, uh, you have missed two on them. Those weird teams out in the NL West. One of the, one on each. Okay, two of the, the weird teams in the NL West. Yeah, the ones that are doing really well. They're led by one specific player on each team. In the case of the Diamondbacks, it would be Jake Lamb. Lamb's doing really, really well, and he is like one of my favorite players. But he's twentieth. Is it? No, it's not him. It's it's the obvious one. Uh, Goldschmidt. Yes, Goldschmidt's uh, stolen twelve bases already. His BSR is like four. And we've played, like, 50 games. And BSR's, like, top peak is, like, Billy Hamilton did, like, a 12 last year. <laughs> so, that's ridiculous. Uh, Goldschmidt is doing weird base running things. I don't know. Yeah, he always does. So, the Rockies one's pretty easy. It's not Arenado. Um, so if it's not Arenado, then I'm going to guess it has to be Charlie Blackman. Charlie Blackman, who is scorching the ball. He is got, I believe he's leading the league in RBI. So I'm just going to, so like my brother hates, (laughs) uh, has like an unnatural hatred of Charlie Black. He always goes, his beard sucks. He is a bad person. I don't like him. <laughs> and so, because he always hits well against the... Oh, so, he hits well against everybody. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but he, he picks on us in particular. Yeah. All right, so now you've entered the Twilight Zone for the final three players. They, they are weird. They don't play for good teams. One of them has a 38% strikeout rate. Strikeout rate. How is that possible? Yep. One of them hit a ball off the dirt the other day for a double. And one of them has pretty much destroyed the Cubs already this season to the tune of, like, I can recall at least three instances of him homering at Wrigley. Um, three instances of him. Yeah. Within the last two weeks. Within the last two weeks. Plays in our uh, division. What? He plays in our division. Oh no! Oh no! Okay, I don't even want to say this because it's distasteful to me. Um, I, I, I no, I don't, I don't want to say this. Uh, is it Shebler? No. Right team. Oh, what? Right, right team. team. It's not Shebler. Right it's not Shebler. It's not. It's not Shebler. It's not Joey Votto. The second best player in the major leagues so far plays for the Reds, and he's not Shebler, and he's not Joey Votto, and he's not Eugenio Suarez. Oh, this was my next guess. Oh, nope. destroyed me. Okay, is it Adam Duvall? No. No, I didn't think he had been that good. Nope. There is one Red that's been that good. Uh, I'll read you his. No, it's not Billy. His not slash Billy. line is 347, 431, 599. Good for a 168 WRC plus. It can't, it can't be Parazza. Nope, you're you're right. You're now middle infield is right. <laughs> it's gone through all the Reds. This is 
I, this is why. I oh no! Oh, it's Cozart. Yeah. Zach Cozart oh, is the geez. second most valuable player in baseball. Oh, this well. is why it's weird. Oh well, this is why baseball is weird. He's getting traded. He's getting traded. Baseball. Yep. Baseball is weird in 2017. Uh, 38% strikeout rate is Miguel Sano. He's he's buoying that with a 16% walk rate and a 461 BABIP. If only freaking Schwarber and Rizzo could pick that up. Just like if they could pick up like half of that. Yeah. Like, and then Corey Dickerson is uh hit the hit a double off the dirt the other day, which was noticeable for me. And I was like, huh, is Corey Dickerson doing well? Yes, he is. He's doing incredibly well. So he's buoyed by a four oh four oh three Babip. I think those those two and Ryan Zimmerman are carrying via luck. So far, and I think they'll drop down. But in le- likely that our boys Rizzo, Schwarber, pick it up. Um, the one Cub that concerns me more than anybody else right now is Addison. Um, and I don't know if there's something wrong with his shoulder, because that's been speculated. Uh, I don't know if maybe he's just pressing because he's doing so poorly. Because he's developed some bad habits. I, I don't a, know. Because he's a much better hitter than. But he and it's one of those his like his numbers like strikeout rate down, walk rate up. Like in theory, that tells you, oh yeah, he should be doing better. No, he is doing horrible, to the point that I'm like, he looks he looks lost. I'm at the plate right now. I think it's fair for people to be concerned that there might be there. Mm-hmm. Um. Because in the absence of someone to like that they've rat like these radically changed is him radically different, which he has not done. Like mm-hmm. you have to ask yourself a question like why is he not making contact with the pitch he makes contact with? It could be that it's just a cons of bad luck, bad timing, and the world. it's all possible. He's still super young, so like there's that as well. Yeah. He's he's making six percent less hard contact right now, and it's all it and soft all his soft contact is basically transferred into medium contact. He's not hitting anything hard, but he's not hitting anything soft either. It's a very strange slump to where you can't just go, There it is, he's not hitting the ball hard. Or there it is, he's just swinging at everything. He's not taking any walks. And I think that's why it's fair for people to have like a feeling about a lingering nagging injury because right. but like at the same time, like I don't know what kind of information internally, but I don't think they'd let Addison Russell play if he were truly hurt. Yeah. I mean, like, he's I already just... got nine. He's already picked up nine DRS, right? He's still playing really good defense. Yeah, he but... is. He, he, make, he makes those incredible plays where he so much ground. It's but you know, hitting. you've seen it. You've seen it, too, is that he is making these plays, and a lot of the time he's getting he's getting dug out by Rizzo. He's making bad throws still. Yeah, but I mean... And but if guess, but it, if there's if he's got a shoulder problem though yeah but I just don't think like like I said the Cubs have a second legitimately elite offensive shortstop on their roster so I mean they're not and he is having a good season yeah they're not going to push Russell out there if he's they're gonna get him right because because uh, Zobris can play second most and Baez can play and Hap can rotate. And Lestella can Lestella or Candelario can come up to cover more. And I mean, that's a thing that can happen. We have legitimate good players that can help out with that. So like if Russell were 
bro. I, I just, it's one of those things where I'm, it's not the most satisfying answer, but like the only answer I have is like, let's check back at the end of June. <laughs> because like there, there isn't yep. an easy answer to that. Like it could be like a prolonged, protracted, like Hayward 2016, or it could be that something undiagnosed injury wise i doubt it but or it could just be like he's gonna rebound or it could be any of those it could be like the development of a bad habit it could be something mechanical it could be some flaw that pitchers to expose i have no idea what worries me about is that that bad habit thing but but i mean we we could see what jason hayward's issue was last year i mean he was doing so much with his swing he was changing it every other week I'm worried we're going to start seeing that with Addison. He's going to start changing things up. I think the I think the important thing is that he's one of Joe Madden's guys. He came up with Joe Madden there, and Joe Madden's been the entire time he's been there. And Joe has preached young players who have been with him day one that basically to stay the course. I mean, change things when they need changing, right? But he's preached them, if nothing's wrong, don't let the numbers get to you because the Joe's great about not overreacting to he's the perfect sort of like modern saber manager in that sense that uh, that he understands kind of the nuances of the data. He understands where the nuances in the data. He understands small sample size. He under uh, luck factors, things he gets it. So so it's like he's not going to tell somebody to change up. Yeah. And it, what worries me about that, though, is that Joe is a little too patient. Um, because it feels like Kyle Schwarber should be well down the order by now just to get him some pitches to hit. Don't, you know, pitching in front of Chris Bryant, he's not getting stuff to hit. He's going to get the high, high velocity fastball. He's going to get the pitches in the dirt that are tough to hit. Uh, I just, right now, Kyle Schwarber hitting second and even leadoff is just not helping the team. Yeah. And it, and it worries, it just worries me that Joe gets wrapped up. It's something that I think is a good quality for Joe is that he is very patient. He sticks behind his hitters, but I worry he gets wrapped up in that. I'm going to, you know, we're going to push through this slump together and then it ends up hurting the team in the long run. I, I'm worried about that, whether or not that's. I think, you know. I don't think there's anything to worry about because I think if there were really a problem, front office would stay. But I don't think there is a problem because I think they're all pretty much on the same page. And I think like. I don't think there is anything drastic the Cubs can do to the shape or state as they stand right now. It is, it kind of just is what it is. And like I said, like it's the least satisfying answer in the world to say that this could just be like a rough two months and the next two could be really good or they could just be like average or middling or that the team might not win the same way they did last year. Like it's, it's the most frustrating thing in the world. But you got to remember, too, that, like, I try to keep myself on an even keel because baseball teams are ebbs and flows. For as great as Theo was, he only had two to win World Series champion and a third win just after he left that he had basically. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that shows how difficult it is, is that any number of things can go wrong. They were, like, people were excoriating him in that entire organization 2011, for the beer and the fried chicken. But it was the thing they were doing when they were winning, too. Yeah. Like, they didn't change their habits. It's just people started paying attention to it more when they were losing. 
They had a lot of injuries here, more, far more than any team should have to put themselves. And so it wasn't shocking when they were much better the next year with mostly the same roster. Then 2012, and then 2013, they were good. Because didn't Jacoby Ellsbury win an MVP award in 2011? No, it was twenty. It was twenty eleven. They were really bad, yeah. and that's why he departed the Red Sox that off season. Theo has this philosophy: like ten years with a job, like roughly ten years with any job, is about the right length of time. And also, like everybody was being fired or let go of, basically. So like he decided to get out, and yeah. like the Cubs were like, "Hey, you want to be president of baseball ops here and end monumental curse the." most monumental of mm-hmm. curses in all of sports and yeah, yeah sure and then he did he did do that yeah. and now there is like there is no real challenge left for him like people have talked about like him going into the nfl but just a few weeks ago he said like i think that you need to do something like that i think you need to have worked at a lower level of the sport to have learned it and so like he's not doing that all right. I mean, I think his next challenge is to maybe step in and try to own a team I rather think than... I want him to be commissioner of baseball. That too. That would be good. There's... there's, um, And the other... Like, I'm not a big fan of, like, what's going on in the political realm. Like, that, like, the response to, like, the president being... Of a, like, the, the response to a reality TV host winning the presidency, is it like now everyone wants Mark Zuckerberg and Theo Epstein to run for president on the other side? Mm-hmm. But, like, I think his I think his uh, ethos kind of applies, his ethos that he was talking about with the NFL kind of applies to that realm, too. Like, yep. the fact that, we like, should... you, you can't just step into government and be government. Yep. You have to have done, you have to have done some level of government before to understand how to do government like you have to under in order to do government work you have to understand how the ins and outs and the daily trappings of that work like he worked in baseball before becoming a gm so he got a sense of the daily trappings of the industry and i think like that's what a lot i think that's kind of what you have to do with something like a uh, high profile and high pressure as that whatever he does next he'll probably be successful though like even if it's against all odds because Man seems like he can just about whatever he wants because he has a very thorough and very well. He's a well. He's it's all well thought out. It's all very thorough. It's all meticulous. It's always tempered. It's never. Uh, he gets emotional. Like he talks about how he gets emotional, but he doesn't make his decisions in the emotion of the moment. He like lets it dissipate before he makes the tough call. And, that's that's being aware of your own personality and but i think you know i don't want to say we're gonna be fine because like i feel like it's bad for me to and be like eternal optimist while people are really mad about the cubs like i get why people are and i understand it because like i am frustrated but also like I don't know that this is what they are, and honestly, like, the version of them I believe them to be is a much better team than them. So I have to hold true to my belief on that. Yep. And the numbers are telling me that there are things that can turn around pretty this team, too. And, like, there are positive signs, like, 
the last two or three times out and with some of the stuff like even against the Dodgers like Arietta the runs he allowed he was much sharper yeah it's like every start this the starters have to be better that's the, that's the bottom line is that we can't give up five six runs a start because if they like today the Cubs at least gave themselves a chance to win it was one to one in the eighth inning well, like, they give themselves a chance to win because they pitched well but like like Lester said like about his start he was like that's on me I can't yeah. give up six runs when the team's he's like if the team scores four or five runs we should, we be, should be able to those win games. those games and that's on me like yeah. and that's the truth like most games you score four or five runs, you're probably going to win. You know, because, like, most games are not blowouts. Most games are not played 13 to 11. So if you score five runs, you'll probably win a fair portion. But, like, it's like it, it hasn't all been coming together at the same time. And that's part of the bad luck is, like, you get a great pitching performance, and then you, the bats go. You have a great day with the bats, we get to Clayton Kershaw, and then the starting pitching one of our two best starting pitchers can't get it done mm-hmm. on that given day even though he had been on a run of pretty good pitching like that's that that's just bad sequencing that's bad timing there's and that's no- thing and that's something that'll even out if the you know if the start as the good starts keep coming as the the good games of hitting keep coming they'll come at times where we win the game and you know it doesn't always happen it's a 162 game season but like but we're gonna yeah you're right we're gonna win we're going to win games more than we lose if we keep on pitching good games like we Jake pitched today and we keep on scoring four runs, five runs against Clayton Kershaw like we did against the Dodgers. I mean, we'll sequence them out to where we win games. But a series like the Padres, I mean, that you just can't. It was so bad. <laughs> you know, we just sweep that one under the rug. They happen all the time. You know, I said this morning uh, that there have only been three times that I have been truly bothered by the Cubs in the last three years. Like, truly upset, enraged, just absolutely mad. One was after they got swept by the Phillies in 2015 and Cole Hamels threw a no-hitter. Which, I mean, not one series later, Chris Bryant hits a home run off off of uh, John Axford against Colorado. And the Cubs go on something like 40-20 and 20 or 40-15 and 15 to end the season. You know? And 2016, last year... Right before the All Star break, I was truly frustrated. You know, I was pissed off. They were like six and nineteen in one stretch of twenty five games, and then last year in game after Game Four of the World Series, I was truly pissed off. They made it this far. How are they going to lose it now? And after that, I said, you know what? We got another game of baseball. I can't wait to watch the Cubs play again. And they did, and they won. And I said, all right, well, let's let's we get one more game. Let's just watch one more game. And then they won Game Seven, and they came back. And the only three times I have been pissed off at the Cubs have been far worse times than this. Six and nineteen and twenty-five games is so much worse than what we're seeing right now. Yep. So. Yep. I figure we'll close on one one very good note. Um, if Mark Zagunis has uh, he's gotten better, David, he's gotten a lot better than we last checked in on him. Uh, he's up to eight home runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His, his isolated power is higher than it's ever been in the minors. His what walk are, rate is as high is the highest it's ever been in the minors. So, Mark Zagunis, our boy, is uh, beating up AAA pitching. Mark Zagunis for starting right fielder, or I mean, something. Look. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know what the answer is, but Zagunis. Maybe Zagunis is the hero we need. 
Hey, I, I'm not going to call for anybody to go down or anything. People calling about Kyle Schwaber going down. That's not going to help him. He's a major league hitter. No, I'm he's not clearly demolished. I'm not calling for him to go down. Like He's clearly demolished demolished minor league pitching over his small tenure there. They could not handle him. Kyle Schwaber needs to be working out his kinks at the major league level, and he absolutely will. The case is for whether Ian Happ needs to come back down and Tommy Lestella needs to go back up, but maybe the hitter that needs to go back up is Mark Zagun. I think Hap's fine. Like, I think Hap is going to, like, it's going to come, but, like... He, has, I, he I hasn't he, gotten... He hasn't done anything since that, though. That, yeah, I'm but, I mean, like, I think he will. And, moreover, like... But, I mean, like, if they determine he needs to go back down, like, I'll believe that was in the best interest. Like, I do like the versatility he brings, and I do think he will do more. I just think that first week or so was so good that, like, he was in for a rough... For rough goings the next yeah. few like that's mm-hmm. i mean that's fair and then that brings up my third the other player that i think would be either replaced by mark Sagunis, potentially switching there at bats so that one of them is getting few at bats at the major league level and doing more with them than currently but i think if maybe Zagunis goes up and almora comes back down get some regular playing time and tries to work out. No, I think it's... they. I think the plan was always to bring Almora along slowly as a regular, and I think yeah. that's the idea. And I think like, and but... personally, I think his center field defense gear right now than you know like he's a he, he's a he can hold his own well enough as a hitter, and he kind of has to do the Javi thing, or even though like he's got a better approach than Javi, he's kind of got to do uh, the Javi. Their approaches are about equal. Where they walk about three, four percent of the time, both of them. But like, they, <coughs> but like Almora has to do that thing where we bring him along gradually and he learns. But like the defense is so great, like it's skill. And we... So here, here's my defense to the, uh, you're right. He has great defense. But right now we have Ian Happ to play center field. We have Jason Hayward. If we want elite center field defense, we can get it in Jason Hayward. And you've got John Jay who can play center field. But what we don't have is a right-handed hitter who can bring a good walk-first plate approach to the team, especially in a pinch. And Almora pinch hitting isn't really helping because he just kind of hits the ball on the ground to the right side right now. I would rather see Almora getting starts every day if that's not at the major league level because apparently he's really struggling against right-handers. He needs to go get some some practice against right-handed pitch. Maybe well, this I mean, is the move they need to make, is Almora for Zagunas. I mean, it might be. I honestly don't know. I, you know, and, and the more I think about it, the way, he, the way Zagunas is hitting, his strikeout rate is up, which means he's he's attempting to be more of a power hitter. He's he's actively trying to increase his power. It's, it's simultaneously helping his approach because pitchers are now pitching around him even more than they already were, and it's increased his walk rate. He's a more dangerous hitter. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I we can't project anything about what he'll do at the main. I mean, the projection systems have him doing not bad league level. So I mean, if they... if I if he came up tomorrow and you gave him 600 plate appearances, I don't think his I think his slugging probably wouldn't reach 400, but his OBP would be above respectable and it would keep him hovering around or above a wonder wrc plus and right now albert's not doing that javi's not doing that addison's not doing that we we have no chris bryant's the only right-handed hitter on the I just, 
team. Who's doing I, I just I just don't think it's a, because he's more of a corner outfielder. Working him in is more, and like it's it is. It's the, be the question is like Zagunas and Candelario are these bats who probably could help the team offensively, but we don't really have a place to put them both every day. So I mean like. There might be a scenario in which they make the team better on the whole, but but we also don't know that. We also don't know that for sure. Like, there's just Zagunas could come up and have a rough like first month. I mean, Chris Bryant, his first month as a major league hitter, he like didn't hit a home run. Yep. I mean, that's not because he's bad. He went on to have an over six WAR season rookie year. That's because. You never know when that's going to happen to. Right. Right. No, you're you're right. And like it's but. just it's not the it, well, what I'm saying is it's not the yeah. answer. Like no one or even two players is going to dramatically change the fortunes of unless you somehow wind up with you know like Mike Trout through shenanigans although he's right. hurt. So let's say Bryce Harper. You wind up with Bryce Harper because the league awards him to you for season. <laughs> we don't want him playing in the Nationals anymore. He's too hot-headed. Let's put him in a better Let's put him in, in better, chi- uh, Let's put him in chi- Let's put him in Chicago where nobody ever gets angry or does anything violent. I I'm here like, guys, we just need a little fire. I just want to see a little energy and they don't have any. Very frustrating. I I I really, you know I really like Sagunas and the he's showing more power and this is Really attract. I think it's a move that the Cubs could make where if you if you need because they kind of need to shake something up. What's happening right now ain't working. Yeah, but like that's action. If we want to keep the that, status quo. Yeah, but that, but that yeah, but that's action bias. That's action yeah. bias, which says like the best course of action is to do something instead of doing nothing. But a lot of times the best course of action is to let things play out and return to normalcy instead of trying to make changes to. That you can't necessarily control. Baseball is... There are some things you can control. You can control your roster. You can control those things. But a lot of forces of baseball are simply uncontrollable. You can't necessarily rein them in. I will say Albert's Albert's splits versus righties are embarrassingly bad. Um, but, yeah, which but... is frustrating. And that's, I think, the... Uh, the hang-up. He's doing quite well against lefties. He's a really good hitter against him. Yeah. Right. Which, that's my, that's, that's, and that's where I think he needs to play against righties, and he's not going to get that time at the, at the big league level. It makes sense. It's, now they don't, I'm not saying, hey, I have to do this, or they're going to lose the division. But I think if, if I had to set, peg them on making a move in the next two weeks, it's that they're going to send Almora down and bring up either Tommy or Zagunis or somebody that they think is going to help the team offensively, and they'll they'll stick Hap in center. They're going to stick Hayward in center, and they're not going to worry about you know Albert's defense and uh. base running. He does good things, but he's not doing the one thing that he needed to improve on this year to be a starter, which was hit right-handed pitching. He's actually getting worse at that. So I'm not saying my, I'm not. I'm not saying that's my. Uh, and that's my. That's my. If we're going to do something, this is the one thing that they would need to do. We don't need to DFA anybody. We don't need to send our oh, top no. players down. Come, come at we everybody. Come at Wester Green and his mentions. On, come yeah. at him. He's an Almora hater. Come at I, I him. Am, I am very much not an Almora hater. Come I at him. Really help him if if he doesn't. 
if he isn't if he's getting regular playing time and i'm gonna not. i'm gonna misquote you so hard i'm gonna be like albert almora Al albert almora is essentially jorge soler david westergreen <laughs> Which Jorge Soler was also misfair, unfairly told he needed to be sent down. It's every every single young Cubs player who struggles. Let's send him to Iowa. Well, oh. it's because it's because people for we need to keep this like we have to wrap up. But like I think my okay, so I'm gonna make this my final message because people need to remember right that these guys are young. Most of them are 22 or 23 years old. Some of them are 24 or 25, but that's not a whole lot older. They all are super young for the most part. They're only a couple years out of, like, maybe their junior years of college. Some of them never went to college. They just came straight in out of high school. They're having to mature on the job as well-paid, high-pressure, sponsored, in-the-limelights, Major League Baseball players. Who just won a World Series? They have every, they have all eyes on them, and it's easy to forget that they're not complete. That the project isn't done once the guys come up to the majors. Most guys don't roll into the majors as super. Chris Bryant is the exception to the rule, not the rule. You know those guys who are like top five to ten prospects who come right up and play like top five to ten prospects. They are the exceptions. That is your Chris Bryant and your Corey Seager. But there are also, for every one of those guys, there's a Michael Franco who was in the top ten prospects forever who just hasn't quite lived up to that billing. The worst players in Major League Baseball right now, and I guarantee you that he has a plenty productive career, but he's he's in them sophomore slump right now. He's not doing well. It's, it's across the board, and the – my my one my one difference is between any player that's struggling and getting regular playing time versus a player that is struggling and sitting the bench and not getting a chance to get better is that in Al Morris' case he has a place that he can get better. Kyle Schwarber is getting playing time. Addison Russell is getting playing time. Javi Bias is getting playing time. The solution for them is to continue to play them. I'm not sure the solution is to start sticking Al Mora in more. In, against major league pitching i'm not sure it is but who knows we're gonna let the cubs do what they're gonna do my prediction is Almora is down for somebody else this week oh and geez, it's wow. gonna end up being good for him but i uh, i don't know about that but i will say that the cubs do know more than we do so yep. i guess we'll see we will see and, and and we will see you next week yeah so before hopefully we, with hopefully with good news but before we turn it around before we leave you, we're each going to give you our mental state in one word. Oh, okay. We're gonna. What is your mental state heading into the next week of Cubs? Cautious. Mine is frantic. Okay. Yeah. And I think cautiously frantic is a very good way to describe that last series. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cautiously frantic. Okay. We'll see you guys next week. This has been fun. Make sure to keep listening, and don't lose your mind. Okay. Uh, see you, buddy. Yep.
Sing Those Cubby Blues is a production of the Wrigley Rapport Podcasting Network. Hosted by David Bloomberg and David Westergreen. Produced and edited by Kale Wilk and David Bloomberg. With a logo by Randall J. Sanders, who can be found at Randall J. Sanders on Twitter. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns for us, or just want to know more information about the podcast, you can find us at Sing Cubby Blues on Twitter, or at our individual accounts, at DG Bloomberg, or at DWest9Cubs. Thanks for supporting us by listening. You can find us each week on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, or your podcatcher of choice. I love Podcast Addict. Uh, Yours might be a different one. Uh, Make sure to keep listening, keep supporting us, and make sure to keep rooting for the Cubs. Thanks, guys.